It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the Love Ladies right here on The Bridge, Austin, 101 FM, 1120 AM. Today's Christian Talk, where we are building bridges of love and leadership. I am Coach Carrie Brinkater, and I'm so glad that you have found us today here on this beautiful Saturday morning. I am in studio Friends, I just cannot tell you, I have the best co-host here. We are just all a team. Um, there's no egos here in this room. We just all are trying to bring to you relevant topics um, that glorify the Lord each week here on Love Talk. And I'm in studio with Kathy Enderbrock and Marlene McMichael. Hello, Kathy. Wow. You look beautiful. Oh, thank you. It must be these linen pants. They're slimming. I don't know, Marlene. You She's look sparkly today. <laughs> well, when I picked up Marlene this morning and we came to the studio, she was sitting on her front porch and she had on these darling sunglasses and she just looked at the picture of, oh, my star's so beautiful. And I said, Marlene, you're so beautiful. And she was like, okay. Um, I, you know, I don't think you really knew how to take she that She ate compliment. Wheaties this morning for breakfast. <laughs> no, she's a beautiful, beautiful woman. So just so grateful and thankful to be here with you today, listening friends. Um, all right. Now, Marlene, you have a nephew that's been in the, the is this the... Like, World Series Little League like World that. Series? Or what is this? Actually, he's a great... Nephew. Okay. I have to. I have to count. Um, but yes, I did not know this, but there is apparently a World Series for Little League. Yes, absolutely. And it, this deal. one happens to be in Round Rock, but our friend Vicky Porterfield's grandson was in a Little League World Series in Dallas. So there is lots of World Series. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, okay. he is both a pitcher and. Um, I think a first baseman. I'm, I may have that wrong, so don't disown me. Uh, but uh, I know he's part pitcher. And so my brother and his wife are coming to watch their grandson excellent. and play in the World Series. So we're excited about that. We have That's a, so fun. We have a little bit of baseball in our family, too. Eric's first cousin, Cole Kaler, he plays for A&M Baseball. So nice. for any baseball fans out there, if you're watching a game and A&M is in it, cheer on Cole Kaler. That's so fun. Mm-hmm. There's a little fun. bit of age difference there between is. Little League like, and yeah. A&M. A&M. I think <laughs> I think Cole would love to make it to a World Series, <laughs> but for right now, it's A&M. I tell you what, there's no. I I love going to, I, to baseball games. For me, they're just fun. I I don't know. It just kind of takes me back to where you can just sit, you can breathe. You can enjoy your surroundings. You can eat some peanuts, and you get to throw the shells on the floor. And I don't know. I just love it. I love the sounds of the game. Now, baseball today does take a very long time. you got to have lots of hours. Um, but I don't know. Now, I just I just really like it. Have either it. of you ever gone into a batting cage? Because I will tell you. It's frightening. I, there, no, I, it is the most exhilarating thing to crack a ball with your bat. I mean, I mean not I don't mean crack, but you know, when you hit that ball with your bat, there is this crack, this reverberation and it is like exhilarating. I mean, it is the most phenomenal feeling in the world to be able to hit a ball with a bat. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So much fun. When I go down to Albuquerque, I take all my little boy nephew, well, boy nephews, okay, nephews, um, <laughs> <laughs> out to the batting cages and uh, we hit hit baseballs. You know, I did something rather exhilarating a few weeks ago. It was my birthday and I told my husband, I said, I just want to do something with the whole family before Mackenzie leaves for her grand adventure, right, in Hawaii. And um, I want it to be kind of physical, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's go kayaking or paddleboarding or let's go to the gun range or throw axes or something. And so we went down to this indoor gun range here in Austin. <gasps> I had never shot a handgun before. Oh, my stars, y'all. It was amazing. <laughs> I shot, a, like, a twenty two and, and a rifle, but I'd never had a handgun in my hand. And... Oh, y'all, it was amazing. So that was exhilarating to me, Kathy. Um, We had a a, a cute little instructor, and he was amazing. And, of course, my husband, Ashley, he's good at everything. He's good (laughs) at everything. And um, 
he, you know, had three bullets in the handgun. He's never shot a handgun before, and they all went in exactly the same hole. Oh, my gosh. It was unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, the instructor was like, uh... That doesn't happen very you're easily. really, really good. And, he, and I said, it was like, well, that was pretty easy. Like, I mean, <laughs> everything just comes so easily to him. I so. remember being a, a little kid, and me and my brothers would go out and just, you know, we'd find cans, like, you know, and we'd stack them up, and we'd shoot them with our BB guns or whatever, and... One day, I got to shoot a thirty out six, which is a big, big, huge uh, uh, rifle. rifle. And gun. so, uh, my uncle had to stand behind yes. me. <laughs> so you can fall down. Yes, exactly. But yeah, it's it's kind of cool to be able to you know shoot things off of something or you know at a target. It's uh-huh. a pretty cool experience. Yeah. yeah. So exhilarating experiences. Well, Marlene, tell us what 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 are we talking about today here on Love Talk? Exhilarating experience. There's nothing more exhilarating than a life with Jesus. Is That's that right. What we're That's true. <laughs> and we have a special guest in the studio today. His name is Jackie English. I have known Jackie and his wife, Peggy, my entire adult life. We met in college, which was oh, neat. A, f- a few years ago. Yeah, I'll, I'll just leave it ago. at that. Uh, but Jackie is a pastor in the Highland Lakes area and has been since 1977. And he's currently senior pastor at Christ Redeemer Fellowship in Granite Shoals. And during that time, he was a founding board member for Highland Lakes Family Crisis Center, which is an outreach for women and children coming out of domestic abuse, a topic that um, is heart-wrenching for all of us, I think, as well as a founding board member for the Helping Center, which is uh, a ministry to those in Marble Marble Falls area experiencing food insufficiency or other life management crises. In uh, 2018, he became a founding board member for the Highland Lakes Crisis Network and is currently president of that board. And what he's going to do today is talk about the ministry of um, the uh, the Highland Lakes Crisis Network. And so I'm really excited to hear about that because I think that's where the Lord is and what he's doing today. But I had the privilege of working with Jackie um, at the legislature. Uh, He came on my staff when I was uh, working with the Texas uh, Conservative Coalition, and he was there for five years. I I can safely tell you that Jackie and his wife have been lifesavers for me more than once and um, they know how to reach out when people are in crises and so he comes with a a real big heart issue in that area but also a wealth of experience you know there's this scripture in philippians 2 2 through 4 it says do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit but rather in humility value others above yourself not looking to your own interests but to each of you to the interests of others Mm -hmm. and that I mean, you know, I feel like everything you've just said, that verse just sums up exactly what his life has been about. It is. And uh, and it has been. And, you know, I, you know, I speak with experience there because I was the recipient of much of that care for a long time. And I, I really uh, treasure his part in my life. In fact, um, you know, we've talked about the fact that um, uh, my mother was widowed three times. Jackie actually uh, officiated at one of my stepfather's funerals. Oh wow! So um, he's he's been there all along, and his wife. I mean, <laughs> it's, a, it's a package deal. You know, I think very possibly when Jesus was telling the story about the Good Samaritan, he could have had Mr. Jackie English in mind. <laughs> well, Jackie, welcome to the program. Now that we've said all these amazing things about you, welcome. Thank you so much. So we're so happy that you're here today. Well, uh, Kathy, tell us more about the story of the Good Samaritan and and why that Jesus told that parable, because I think that's really the message of today. So if you could. Oh, my goodness. This is just such a great story, great parable that Jesus told. And, friends, you can find it in Luke chapter 10. If you just uh, go over to verse uh, 25 through 37, and uh, it, it, it basically Jesus is, is responding to an expert in the law that stood up to test Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the expert says, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Uh, and uh, what is written in the law? How do you read it, Jesus? 
And Jesus answered, excuse me, okay, so Jesus asked him, well, well, what's written in the law? How do you read it? And this expert in the law says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, yeah, you've answered right. Well, just go and do this and you will live. And it's interesting Then the expert turned around and said, because he just wanted to justify himself. He, mm-hmm. he turns around and he says, okay, well, Jesus who is my neighbor? Kind of missed the point, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, because Jesus says, go and do this and you will live. And the guy's like, yeah, what exactly do I have Mm -hmm. to do? And that's when Jesus comes in and tells this amazing story about the good Samaritan, about a man going from Jerusalem to to Jericho, being attacked brutally by robbers, being stripped of, of everything, being beaten and being left for half dead. And then on this same road, a priest passed by and gets on the other side of the road and just completely avoids him. A Levite, which is, you know, set aside as a kind of a holy priesthood, they see this poor man beaten and he walks on the other side of the road to avoid this man. But there was a Samaritan who was traveling and he, he comes to see where the man is and he took pity on him. He had mercy on him. And he went uh, to this man and he bandaged his wounds, poured out oil and wine on him, put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, took care of him, even left money with the innkeeper to look after him and said, I will reimburse you for any of the extra expenses you may have. And so Jesus says to the expert in the law, which of these three, the priest, the Levite, Uh, or the uh, Samaritan, was the neighbor to the man who fell into Mm. the hands of robbers. And the expert in the law replied, well, it was the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, yes, go and do likewise. Mm. So, friends, I tell you, God is looking for mercy, that we would have, we would see those who are hurting, have mercy, and do everything that we are able to do to help them. Amen. Mm-hmm. And so, Jackie, that takes us to you. Mm-hmm. And could you tell us, I know that in our own conversations with each other, you've kind of taken a new direction in how in your focus for the ministry. So how do you go from church pastor, and I know you're still a pastor, to what you're doing today with the Crisis uh, Network? I think one of the things that's significant in my life was um, through... Um, a set of kind of unfortunate events. Um, I transitioned out of full-time ministry and kind of was plunged into the marketplace. Uh, Still pastored a little church, kind of on a volunteer basis, almost on the side, but I worked five years for the the legislature, worked 15 years in the corporate world as a um, the director of instructional design for a big corporate training company in Houston. And and through those kind of experience, what I discovered was there just, um, as, a, as a pastor, you can be really tunnel visioned and mm-hmm. think that the kingdom of God and ministry is just what goes on inside the building and what goes on. It kind of revolves around me and my staff and my sermons and, and our programs and stuff like that. And, and miss the fact that most of the important things in the kingdom of God are happening outside the building. Mm-hmm. And so I had a completely, just a revelation of of what God wants to do in and through just everyday encounters in the marketplace and getting lay people involved and stuff like that. That's brought me to a, a kind of unique ability to to change hats and work with churches and work with people in the marketplace, to, um, I learned in all of those interesting journeys. I learned two important things that focus everything I do now, which is that the grace of God is always sufficient, and God is always faithful, mm-hmm. and He wants us to apply that out there where people are really hurting, not just inside the building on Sunday morning. Wow, wow. I love that, friends. We don't want to live with tunnel vision. We want Mm. to lift up our eyes knowing that God's grace is sufficient, that he is calling us out to maybe more, a bigger picture than what we might be looking at right in front of us. We're going to learn more about this uh, and learn more about what... 
God is doing with Jackie, what he's up to. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. You found the love ladies right here on the bridge, Austin. Today's Christian Talk, 101 FM and 1120 AM. I am Coach Carrie Brinkgater here in studio with my beautiful co-hosts, Kathy Enderbrock and Marlene McMichael. We're visiting with Jackie English, Senior Pastor of Christ Redeemer Fellowship in Granite Shoals and a founding board member and current president of the Highland Lakes Crisis Network. Friends, if you have missed the first part of our program, you want you can go back and find that on our archives. You can where you can find all of our archives at Love Talk Network. Very easy to scroll through and find a program that you want to listen to. We have covered so many topics over the last several years. Boy, you can find it all there in our archives at Love Talk Network. Now, Jackie, we are so excited to get to know you better today. And in your in your bio, you reference both the Highland Lakes Family Crisis Center. Um, as well as the Highland Lakes Crisis Network. Are these the same organization, or have they morphed into, like, what have they morphed in today, I guess, here in 2022? Well, so it's just really a funny story. Okay, excellent. Um, we like funny <laughs> we stories. Like that. They're two completely different organizations. Okay. Um, the Highland Lakes, the, the, the Family Crisis Center got started in the early 80s. And back when there was no rural uh, care for women and children who were suffering through domestic violence. And we were one of the first organizations outside of Austin, San Antonio, Houston, and Dallas uh, to offer services to to these uh, very precious people. And um, that was the name we picked, the, the Highland Lakes Family Crisis Center. All right, so... Fast forward to 2018, when the Crisis Network got started, was one of the pastors said, you know, we ought to name this the, the Highland Lakes, because we're Highland Lakes, we ought to call it the Crisis Network, but we're dealing with people who are in crisis. And I, I started wanting to go, but wait, that sounds an awful lot like the other organization that's already here. ADRN, well, yeah. So, 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 so we got, you know, part of the story is that we were birthed out of ADRN. And so I wanted to, to call the organization the Highland Lakes uh, Disaster Relief Network. Oh. Um, but this, the, the other part of our steering committee, he, he, wanted to, he, he wanted to say crisis instead of disaster because he felt like God wanted us to do more than just disasters. Oh. And so we ended up with these... Um, it's very confusing to have two organizations that close to the same. They see, yeah. they have to keep returning donation checks that were made out to us but mailed to them, like, all the time. Oh. And I feel kind of bad about that, but not bad enough not to just take them. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's the story. It's just... Okay. Okay, so the network really is the the larger organization that is pulling together the pastors and the churches um to reach the needs of the people, but for disaster, for crisis, for many, many things, whereas the crisis center is really focused on uh, the women and families. That's right. Okay. I love that. Okay. So tell us a little bit then about the crisis network and, you know, what you're seeing and what you're doing and how, you know, what was the motivation for getting it started? Oh, okay. The motivation was a big, huge, giant flood. Okay. Uh, the Highland Lake, Lakes Crisis Network is a network of churches in Burnett and Llano counties. Uh, and we came together back in 2018 in response to a flood that hit in September of 2000. Yeah, 2000. No, yeah, September. Sorry. October the 16th of 2018. Um I had just gone to a training session uh, led by Daniel Geraci and the Austin Disaster Relief Network. Mm-hmm. And I hope you have Daniel on here like every week. We've, We've had, had Stephen. Stephen Brewer. <laughs> okay. yeah. So uh-huh. Stephen grew up in my church in Marble Falls. Oh, I love that. Nice. Okay. And I could, talk, I could tell you Stephen's stories all day long. He's an, he was an amazing little kid, and he's doing a wonderful, 
wonderful job with Austin Disaster Relief Network. Mm-hmm. But I, I had gone. The, the Marble Falls Ministerial Alliance said, hey, we heard this is a good thing. Would, you, would, would somebody go down and check it out? They're having this one-day training. And so I volunteered to go down and checked it out. It was amazing. My mind was blown. I thought, we should have something like this in Marble Falls. Um, so I was going to make a report to the Ministerial Alliance at our October meeting, which was October the 23rd mm. of 2018, and the flood came on the 16th. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, fortunately, I did have Daniel's business card, and so I just picked up the phone and I said, Hey, hey Daniel, are you, are you all by any chance going to respond up here to the flood? He says, Oh, oh yeah, we, we've already got people up there. And this was like the day of wow. the flood. And so we've already got people up there checking it out. Well, could you come up here and help us? Talk to us. If I can get a bunch of pastors together, could you come up and talk to us about how we could create a network of churches that could get involved in mitigating the impact of this flood in the Highland Lakes? He said, sure, Stephen, I'll be up there tomorrow. Just tell us what time to come. Wow. So that's how we got started. The ADRN walked us through, coached us. We had a tremendous – there's nothing like a disaster to – help people focus on what's important, which mm-hmm. isn't denominations, it's not doctrine, it's it's all about we are the body of Christ, we've got to come together. Um, because of the inf- because of the the ability of the churches to organize and respond quickly, um, the uh, initial phase of of the disaster recovery effort was cut in half in terms of the time. And we, was so, we were so effective at it that um, the county commissioner courts of Burnett and Llano counties came to us and said, since you've already got this organization started, we had, we had stood up a, a, a 501c3 by then. Uh, since you're already kind of doing this and you're doing such a good job of it, could we just designate you to be the disaster relief uh, long-term service coordinator for this disaster. Um, wow. And I was like, wait, what? Um, I, I went to this one workshop that Daniel taught. That's all we, that's all we really know. Um, anyhow. So you that's, know, I just, I love that. You were going to go and give a report to talk to some people about maybe what you might do. And God said, no, 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 we're just going to do this. And I'm going to show you and give you the vision for what we're going to do. And he, he accomplished that by bringing a disaster. And, you know, I just think God will use all things for our good, for those who love him, who are called according to his purpose you were you gave him your yes already, and he said, "Okay, we're going to build on that yes right now. You're not going to make a report. We're just going to make this happen." Well, and he put you in the leadership position pretty quick. Well, yes, <laughs> and I just because I had the Rolodex. I mean, I just uh, you know I sent out the email, and then I kept sending out emails, and a lot of other pastors were involved in. Um, either ministering to the needs of the community or ministering to the needs of their own. Uh, 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 some of them had uh, put together mitigation teams, and they were out leading that. You know, the pastor of First Baptist Church was in and out of mudded out muddy houses for weeks mm-hmm. with big, big waders on, and um, that wasn't my skill set. So uh, I ended up being the person to make sure that all the trains were running on time and people okay. were talking to each other. Nice. And so at the end of the day, um, they just decided to let me keep doing that. Well, I love that. You know, when Stephen was here talking with us, he he mentioned that. You know, he said, now, not everybody's gift is putting on the, the rubber boots and going and, you know, clearing out yucky, muddy places. He said, sometimes people, your gift is greeting families as they walk in to the disaster center and giving them a smile and mm-hmm. saying, hey, how can I help you? Do you need a blanket? What, what? Here's, a, here's a, a soft place for you to lay your head tonight. Um, we all have gifts, and you were using yours to coordinate kind of behind the scenes, which I think is amazing. Um, so everybody can get involved, That's no right. matter your skill set. That's, That's absolutely true. It's great. Talk about the the process, because y'all really have expanded the vision for the Highland Lakes Crisis Network beyond just disaster. Talk about that and how you got there and what are you doing? So, 
So that's that's the exciting part of what's been going on since 2018. Um, the original vision from ADRN, and we love ADRN. We could not have made it with ADRN. Uh, Daniel Geraci and Stephen are two of the most visionary, uh, passionate, inspiring people that we've ever worked with, and we and they set us up for success. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. But in our board of directors, there was the sense that now that when we made it through the initial disaster piece, we had a bunch of trained people. Uh, basically just sitting around waiting for the next flood or the Mm. next fire or the next tornado. And in the meantime, um, there's lots of other people hurting people in the area. And so that's why we decided to settle that our our name would be Crisis Network instead of Disaster Relief Network because there's there's a crisis somewhere going on every day. And and make a distinction between that and benevolence. I mean, there, there are lots of organizations and lots of churches that have programs to pay people's electric bills, and there are organizations that are handing out food and stuff like that on a regular basis. But there are are sort of macro high-impact events that are still disasters, even if buildings don't fall down and people don't get swept away, that we felt like uh, just um, systemic issues that mm-hmm. the body of Christ should be addressing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I would imagine with inflation at a an all-time high, I mean, at least a 40-year high, and it it's, doesn't show any signs of stopping, that there's going to be some big issues. Share, I mean, what are some of these systemic issues that you've mm-hmm. been able to really step into and see God's hand uh, just do amazing things? Okay, so I can run some, some stuff by you real quick. Yeah. First of all, uh, we have a conviction that in Ephesians chapter 4, where it talks about, you know, pastors, prophets, apostles, uh, evangelists, teachers, um, those are the, like the the rock stars in the church and the people who get up, who are up front and the people who get all the credit. And uh, But Paul was very clear that those fivefold ministries exist to equip the saints to do the work of of ministry, mm. and uh, there's a big failure. We, f- I feel like personally in the church, uh, there aren't enough saints being equipped to do ministry. Um, mm. There are a lot of pastors and staff doing ministry and organizing ministry and uh, and having ministry-ish events, but um, doing the work of ministry as a way of life, as a part of who we are as believers, is not very often integrated into our local church discipleship programs. Um, so we, all the pastors wish their, their folks were more involved. And what we discover is that most people in the church wish that they had a way to be more involved, but there's nobody to wind them up and train them and aim them in the right direction to get out and make an impact in the community. So the crisis... The Highland Lakes Crisis Network is basically an organization that says, here, here are our needs. We can help you get trained. We go to pastors and say, would you like your folks to be more involved in ministry in the community? We can take that piece off of you. Um, but we're all going to work together as the body of Christ to do it. So in that, uh, let me just run some things by you. So in the, in the disaster, the flood, we ended up closing 670 cases of people who were oh, wow. seriously, their lives were forever just ruined by the flood. And over the course of about two years, we uh, got those people back up on their feet and um, and and made them whole with, mm-hmm. with God's help, made mm-hmm. them whole. On the tail end of that, COVID hit. And with everything that happened with COVID, see, we... We knew God wanted to use us, but we didn't know what was going to happen. We were just kind of praying and seeking God. So then COVID hit. Um, That summer, uh, we served 175,000 hot meals to uh, people in the community who didn't have jobs, um, couldn't get out. Everybody was afraid to leave their houses. Some people couldn't go to the grocery store. So uh, we were able to, through our network of churches, we... uh, set up a collaborative um, sort of a, a team with churches, businesses, school districts, local restaurants, and um, 175,000 meals later. But 
we also, through that, have now gotten involved in coordinating the efforts of something called the Burnett County Hunger Alliance, which used to be just an ad hoc group of service organizations that got around and got together and said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do about hunger? Now we've, we've been able to put some strategy around that to help them be successful. Okay, but in the middle of all that, we discovered, uh, because we're ministering especially to kids uh, and their families who couldn't go to school, mm-hmm. uh, we discovered through working with school districts that in, this, in the Marble Falls Independent School District, there were 90 to 100 children qualified as homeless. On the rolls of the school district, qualified as homeless under McKinney-Vento standards from the federal government. And nobody was doing anything about that. So we felt like God was speaking to us through that, that somebody needed to be doing something about homeless kids, homeless families. Um, that's led over the last couple of years to us being given a set of 24 three-bedroom, two-bath duplexes that we are in the process of remodeling uh, to be a place where these families can stay and where we are standing up a transformational living center to help people figure out how they got here, what it's going to take to get you out of here, and what that journey is going to look like. Wow, a transformational living center. I mean, it sounds like to me that... You have taken the the two fish and five loaves and just watched <laughs> what God has done with it. Because I, I'll tell you, just listening to you, I would keep my eyes on the crowds and be very overwhelmed. But you've just taken what God has put in your hand and you've continued to serve and just, you know, seen him multiply and to really reach the lives of those who are in desperate need for it. And, you know, I love it because God is meeting that need when so many people think the government is supposed to meet that need. But I love that it's God who is meeting that need through those faithful saints for ministry. What incredible story. The interesting thing is that when government meets the need, people come to feel they're owed it and they have a right to it. When God meets the need, they are blessed mm. and transformed by it. Yeah. And that's that's really critical. Now, I don't want to gloss over this, Jackie, and if you can't tell this story, then, then I understand. But you said you were – your organization was given 24 duplexes? Mm-hmm. A person just donated this to you? <laughs> or a group just – I mean, again, this, this is – Using a talent and ability, right? They had the ability mm-hmm. to do this to further God's kingdom, mm-hmm. right? I'm, you were given these? I'm still flabbergasted. <laughs> this is amazing. So, so the, 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 the fun part of the story is that when we st- saw the need for, uh, we felt God putting a burden on us to do something about these homeless kids. We thought, well, we, let's look around and see if we can find some property to buy. And there's property for sale out in the hill country. Um, Undeveloped. uh, Undeveloped and and really expensive. But but we felt like, well, if God wants us to have property, he's met our needs all this time, fine. So we we pursued buying about 70 acres uh, out on 1431 outside of town. And we worked it and we worked it and we worked it and we prayed and we prayed and we worked it and we prayed. And it finally fell through. But that's okay. God... uh, by that time, God had showed us something that would, would probably be even better than that, was closer to town. Uh, we worked it and worked it and we prayed and we prayed. Uh, looked like it was going to go through. Then it didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're still looking around for possibilities. And then one day, uh, uh, a dear Christian brother who runs an organization called the Texas Housing Foundation, which is a, a regional uh, housing authority that uses HUD uh, 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 HUD loans. Marvelling can explain it to you, <laughs> uh, but um, to to be able to buy down the the interest rates to build properties for what he calls um, workforce housing, so that people and he's been doing this for 25 years. And he's, he's got properties all over Central Texas and all over everywhere. Um, this this set of duplexes 
is the first property that he built. And he's paid off the note. And he, he and his board can do whatever they want to with it. And his vision has always been to be able to touch uh, to, 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 what, ministry to widows and orphans. Mm-hmm. Uh, that God would be the glory. And so they had the opportunity uh, now that it's their, uh, that the notes paid off to partner with us. Wow. You know, I love this because I think of, you know, in California, they have just, you know, gotten uh, apartments and, and, uh, and then just giving it to people Mm -hmm. and, and in Austin as well, and just Mm -hmm. costing millions of dollars and the places get trashed and the people, they see more of a drug problem and more of a crime problem. But you've said, just like God says, hey, I'll be your refuge. I'll be your strong tower. Come to me if you want to live. This is a transformational life center. And, Jackie, you said we're going to have them look at what got them to this place. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to have them look about where they're going. And, friends, I think that God is just like that. He says, come to me. This is a transformed life. We're going to look at what got you to right where you are and what I want to do with your life. And so I just I just love this because you're saying this is not your place forever, friends. This is your place to get to the next step in your mm-hmm. journey. And I love the word transformational because I'm betting it's been transformational, not just for those families, but for your communities. Well, and so talk about how, like how many volunteers you have, what's life like for them is in other words what kind of hands-on things are they doing? And and you've already said that uh, the county the two counties involved have sort of blessed you and endorsed you. And uh, so what what's what's happening in all those areas? Well, but you have to be quick. <laughs> you got 3 minutes, yeah. Jackie. So um, the model that we use for, for organizing our volunteers is, is the shepherd model from ADRN. Uh, people who are, that you don't have to be an expert in anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, we give them some training. Some of it we've stolen from. Oh, Daniel blessed us with. <laughs> um, right. But um, um, we just present the opportunity to to pastors and to. Uh, members in local churches and say we've got this opportunity we've got this challenge we've got this need uh and it can be um i haven't even hit all of the other things that we do besides we got stopped in the middle on the homeless part but uh we, we the, the shepherd model is somebody who can come along be a friend be a mentor be somebody who can pray with you be somebody who can brainstorm with you not a caseworker we've mm-hmm. got caseworkers to do the heavy lifting and we uh, and we partner with a lot of organizations who are smarter than we are and have more experience than we are when it comes to the service. Uh, some people just need lots of help. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it all starts in, and is driven by the shepherd who comes and sits, uh, check on you on a regular basis. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. What are your biggest challenges today? Um, what is your plan for, for how you're going to spend the rest of the day? Oh, by the way. Uh, did you do the dishes last night? Because some people don't think that it's important to do dishes. Some 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 of these folks, their, their life skill awareness is just so low. They mm-hmm. need somebody to come in and just encourage them to get out of bed, um, that kind of stuff. So the, the shepherd uh, is that model. And we, um, right now we are, trying to give them some extra training but we we hope to have 40 or 50 shepherds that are be regularly engaged in this program if it's a if it's some other kind of a, just a, a community-wide all hands on deck event we can we can turn out 200 volunteers with with uh, an email or a facebook post most of the time wow wow friends we have one segment left here with this incredible man who is doing amazing things, Jackie English, right here in our broad community, friends, uh, the Highland Lakes Crisis Network. We have one more segment just then with Jackie here on Love Talk. So when we return, we'll find out. I, I can't believe there's more. Jackie, you said we 
We stopped at the Homeless Transformational Living Center, but there's more. So when we return to Love Talk, we'll find out what else is going on with the Highland Lakes Crisis Network right here on Love Talk right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. Oh, my stars, what an amazing day we're having here talking with Jackie English um, with the Highland Lakes Crisis Network. I, I tell you, this this is amazing, Jackie. You said that back in what well, during COVID, um, your network provided over 175,000 hot meals to people in your community there in the Marble Falls Burnett area. Um, you have about 40 to 50 shepherds that are helping you and the people that you're helping on a day-to-day basis, checking in on folks, specifically folks that are living um, in this transformational living center that are, are you're, you're trying to help them overcome homelessness. Um, and that, that we're literally at the tip of the iceberg here. I, you know, I've heard of ministry creep, where your ministry starts as one thing, and then it, and then it, it all these tentacles come out, and it creeps into these other things. Um, so tell us what what else is going on with the Highland Lakes Crisis Network. So, so I think to understand that, I, I need. I want to make sure I make this point. Yes, sir. I tell people all the time the Crisis Network is not a faith based organization. Okay. It is a faith driven organization. Oh, wow. Okay. A faith-based organization usually is a group of, of nice people who want to do nice things for people because they believe Jesus said we should do nice things for people. There's not really anything wrong with that, mm-hmm. um, but it turns out to be exhausting and overwhelming, and you spend all your time uh, knocking yourself out, trying to raise money and, and recruit, beg, borrow, steal, help wherever you can find it, and and it's not that it doesn't make a difference, but it's not the way God makes a difference. And a, a faith-driven organization starts and exists through absolute dependence on the presence and power of God mm-hmm. to guide and energize and supply and direct. And you just you, you pray. You listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and you be, become aware of opportunities. You let God open the doors. You go through the doors that God opens. God meets all the needs. And um, it, we are so overwhelmed with miraculous God stories mm-hmm. that we don't, I, could, we, I could spend the rest of the time talking about that. But God just meets needs, opens doors, helps us to, to recognize challenges and opportunities where we didn't even think we would be. So... Um, that's the only reason that we are where we are today is because of the faithfulness and the grace of God who reveals to us uh, our, our, our board meets every week. We pray. Uh, we meet with our pastor. We have an elected board. Then we have a pastoral advisory board. We meet with them once a month. Uh, and the 20 or 30 pastors get together and we just pray together for an hour. Um, that the spiritual component, uh, the, the visitation of God, is makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to copy our our business plan, but you do have to understand that nothing happens without being a 100% surrender to God and dependent on God for every single thing. You know, Jackie, we're starting this series, What is God Doing? And, I mean, I think that pastors want their... Uh, church family to get excited about what God is doing, to keep their eyes focused on God, that they can see what he's doing and join in on what he's doing and be the witnesses that he's called us to be. So for those church members and pastors who are listening, how do they get in touch with you to find out, like, how can we either get involved with what you are doing and what God is doing with this organization or how can we uh, do something similar in our area? How would they, you know, get in contact with you or, or get involved or, you know, sign up, put their name on the paper? <laughs> well, you can go to our website, which is HighlandLakesCrisisNetwork.com, and uh, there's some little boxes you can click and say, I'd like more information or I'd like to volunteer or whatever. Uh, or you can call the phone number. We have an amazing executive director who, as it turns out, is also the president of the Marble Falls Independent School District School Board. Wow. Uh, he's a, um, which 
just one of those, those God things. But you, so you can call our the phone number, or you can which you can get off of the website, uh, and uh, find out more about us that way. Mm-hmm. Um, there, this is going to sound weird, but there are two books that we read at the very beginning uh, that have defined every besides the Bible. So the Bible's good. <laughs> uh, we'll keep that one handy. But we read a book called Ecclesia by Ed Silvoso. Love Ed Silvoso. <laughs> and and we followed that up. This is just the Holy Spirit putting us together. But the next book we read together uh, was Humility by Andrew Murray. And together, those two books uh, provide the biblical basis and the theology around how to live a life that's absolutely dependent on God. Ed's, Ed's book is is how the kingdom of God is manifested outside the building, how mm-hmm. to how to move believers outside the building and into a community. Uh, and the Humility book is all about how to become 100% dependent on Jesus for everything and recognize all the ways where you've been lying to yourself for your entire spiritual life, saying that you were depending on God when honestly, no, you never were. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's those are two life-changing books. And anybody who wants to get into doing what we're doing, that's what you get. Friends, are you ready to take the challenge? <laughs> well, I, I want some results. So, I mean, I asked this a little bit earlier in a different way, but what's what's the transformation? And because I imagine there is one within your own network and within your own people, uh, the volunteers, because I know I've heard you say you've been a pastor since '77. But this is what you were called to do. Mm-hmm. So tell me why this is so significant today, now, right now. Because I think this is what the church is always supposed to have been doing. We, we somewhere, I can't tell you how many thousands of years ago we got off the track, but this is uh, the kingdom of God is about loving the Great Commission, you know, is go into all the world, make disciples. We don't usually make disciples. We make converts. We make church members. We tell people, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You know, go to heaven. Um, congratulations. Uh, Jesus said make disciples. Uh, a disciple is somebody who is in the process of becoming like the master. And Jesus said, here's how people will know you're my disciples. If you have love for one another. That's, that's the great commandment. The great commandment and the great commission are two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. And so when, when we... When we go out into all the world, we're supposed to be teaching people how to love like Jesus loved. That's the Samaritan. That's back to the Samaritan story. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, Jesus said, the only, there's only two important commandments. Love God, love your neighbor. That's that's kind of our short slogan. We, we love God. We love people. We're trying to extend the kingdom. But you mm-hmm. extend the kingdom not by proselyting. You extend the kingdom by loving people the way Jesus loved, because when they encounter love at that level, uh, that's what's transform. That's, that's what's transforming. It transforms the, the disciple, and it transforms the person that the disciple is loving. And it's it's very organic. It's not mechanical, um, but it's just living life together. You know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, one of his most famous books, was Life Together, and that's loving each other and loving people who need to be loved. That's um, mm-hmm. I'm finally at, at my at my age and this time in my ministry really figuring out that it's not about buildings. It's about loving the way Jesus loved. And, and all of that need is out there. It's not mm-hmm. in your building most of the time. I think, yeah, loving mm-hmm. well not only transforms the disciple, but it transforms the recipient into a disciple. I think that's so true. My mom, uh, she always told me, you know, our education system would never be what it is today if the church had not handed it over to the government. Mm-hmm. The church needed to remain in uh, that place as the church, not just this place that goes and teaches something on Sunday, but this community of believers that is involved in in the community, in the lives, in the education um, of, the, of the children and of the families and helping them where they need help. Well, Jackie, give us a just a... Give us your contact information one more time so that our listening friends um, that are moved today by your words of getting outside the church walls can know how to contact you. So the Highland Lakes Crisis Network.com is our website. And 
and the phone number is on the website. Okay. I I've never actually memorized it because. <laughs> Because I have our executive director's number in my pocket. It's just on the uh, cell phone, I know. <laughs> well, people can find you at HighlandLakesCrisisNetwork.com. What amazing work you're doing. And listening, friends, I, I would challenge you. I mean, these words by Jackie are so true. When, when will we come to the realization that everything we do really relies on absolute dependence on God, everything. And the words he used were for guidance, to energize us, to supply all of our needs, and to direct our path. I think I really love the word energize. You know, when we are looking for that next step, and we're looking for God to direct our path, he says, here you go. Here's all the caffeine you need, and it's me. Um, I'm here to energize you. I'm here to guide you. I'm here to supply your needs, and I'm here to direct your path. Wow, Jackie, what a great message you have brought for us today with the Highland Lakes Crisis Network. Listening friends, uh, you know that you can find us, the Love Ladies, at Love Talk Network. That's our archives. You can find us on Facebook as well, Love Talk Radio. Um, we are a podcast now, thanks to Kathy. Tell, tell our listening friends about that. And thanks to Gavin. You can just go to your favorite uh, podcast site and uh, just search for Love Talk Radio or Love Talk Network Radio, and you should see a little picture of our three smiling faces <laughs> um, or a little red and black microphone that says Love Talk Network on it, and uh, you can get all of our podcasts from... I think the last 12 months. Excellent. Jackie, so great to have you today. Again, friends, Highland Lakes Crisis Network. Uh, Marlene, Kathy, great to be with you today. I am Coach Carrie Brinkader, and we'll see you next time right here on Love Talk.